Our gospel reading for today is from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. I will be reading from the NRSV today, beginning then at verse 22. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord, and they offer the sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do him for what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for the rev revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was a great age, having lived her husband seven years after her marriage. Then, as a widow to the age of eighty-four, she never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At the moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. They returned to Nazareth. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. What are we waiting for? I don't know about you, but for me, Christmas took forever to arrive this year. It could have been the restrictions we have lived through these past several months, but the waiting was so hard. Uncertain calendar commitments, shopping snafus online, delays in deliveries, postponed parties, canceled concerts. It's been almost 10 months now, but it feels much longer than that. Granted, I've always been a wuss at waiting, as it were. As a child, I wanted to be in youth group. While in youth group, I couldn't wait to be in university. And in university, it felt like forever. I just wanted to get on with life. And by the way, for those of you who are younger, enjoy every phase of life and live it to the fullest because the next phase is no better, it's just different. I can get so impatient at times. I wonder what lessons or opportunities I've missed as I've yearned for what is next. 10 months can feel much longer though when one lives through pandemic restrictions. And yet really, there are those who have had to wait for much longer, haven't there? Families waiting for loved ones to return from a war. Patients sitting for a diagnosis in a doctor's office, waiting and hoping a cure is soon to be found. Refugees waiting for news of acceptance to a new homeland. And Advent season too is all about waiting and anticipating, looking for the Messiah, looking for hope. 
And our scripture passage for this morning that was so capably read by Hart, thank you Hart, introduced us to a man named Simeon. Now Simeon was a faithful Jew who looked forward to the consolation of Israel. He longed to see the Messiah. Now many of the Jewish folk believed that because the Jews were the chosen people of God, they were bound someday to become masters of the world and lords of all the nations. And to bring in that day, some of them believed this grand champion would descend upon the earth. Others believed there would rise up another king of David's line and all the old glories from centuries past would be revived. There were, however, a few other faithful worshipers who, along with Simeon, were also watching and waiting. This group were known as the quiet in the land. They had no dreams of violence or of power or of armies with victorious conquests. They believed in a life of constant prayer and quiet watchfulness until God should come. All their lives, those quiet in the land waited patiently and quietly upon God. And Simeon was like that in prayer, in worship, in humble and faithful expectation. Simeon was waiting for the day when God would come and comfort his people. They longed for the day when they would go out in joy and be led back in peace, as it's promised in Isaiah 55, verse 12. Now, despite the fact that Isaiah's prophecy about this coming Messiah was given roughly, get this, 600 years earlier, that comfort had not yet come. 600 years! That's a long time to remain faithful and to wait. Well, since the time of Israel's exile, this nation of Israel had been invaded and conquered a number of times. Simeon and Anna, these two dear people, were currently living under the Roman occupation, which began approximately 60 years before Jesus was even born. And so the day when a Jewish monarch faithfully ruled Israel was in the far distant past, this glorious memory. That day in its return remained an ever-present hope. One day, they believed, the Anointed One would come to restore the people and the nation of Israel. Not all was well in the world in which Simeon lived, so of course he longed for this consolation of Israel. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. And so, guided by the Holy Spirit, Simeon found himself in the temple the same day Mary and Joseph came to fulfill the requirements of the law. Somehow, when Mary and Joseph arrived to the temple with baby Jesus, Simeon immediately recognized them. And taking Jesus in his arms, he declared, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. We find that again in Luke 2, verse 29 and 30. This long-awaited Messiah is here. He has arrived. We have arrived. The journey of waiting is over. Praise God. 600 years of waiting done. And then in verse 38, we are introduced to Anna. Anna is also a senior. Married for only seven years before being widowed, Anna is a holy woman, fasting and praying in the temple night and day. Described by the scriptures as a prophet, her actions in this passage seem to indicate that like Simeon, and really like much of Israel, she too was longing for something. One commentator writes this, 
These two aged saints are Israel in miniature and Israel at its best. Devout, obedient, constant in prayer, led by the Holy Spirit at home in the temple, longing and hoping for the fulfillment of God's promises. Well, upon seeing baby Jesus, Anna confirms what Simeon had declared. The long wait was over. The Messiah had finally arrived. History has shown, however, that the kingdom did not come as expected. All was not well in Simeon's and Anna's day. And likewise, all was not well as Luke wrote about Anna and Simeon. Now, scholars don't know an exact date of when this Gospel of Luke was written, but they generally claim it was in the last third of the first century, so sometime after 60 AD. And as Luke is writing this Gospel and sharing the details of the birth of the Savior, his own present circumstances that he was living in have only intensified. There are now huge tensions in Judea with the Roman Empire. Emperor Caligula had been tyrannical, some of his successors were also oppressive. And the zealots, those, those Jews who took it upon themselves to gain freedom, they saw revolt as the best solution. They advocated for a violent response and had hoped to gain control of their own state once again. And so these small clashes between the Jews and the Romans escalated into a full-scale revolt in the years 66 through 70. And there was wide-scale death and destruction and conflicts continued to follow. So for Luke, the story of the baby in the manger is told when all is not well in his world. And for Luke's initial readers in the last part of the first century, one could easily hear them saying, yes, Jesus was born. Uh, the Messiah may have arrived, but our world is still a mess. In half a century, our world has not improved. In fact, in some respects, it may have gotten even worse. Yes, the Messiah came, but we're still struggling here. I think what a short-term view that would be of the role of Jesus Christ. Perhaps these faithful ones could say, yes, Jesus is here and there is more yet to come. Luke's initial audience in this first century, they knew all about tensions and injustice and violence in their world. And as Luke's current audience today, we know the same, don't we? Tucked away inside our church walls, we hear the stirring words from faithful preachers. We're inspired by beautiful music that is familiar and harmonic. We rejoice in the fellowship of Christians, brothers and sisters. And as we do these things, we know that not all is well with our world. Because lurking outside our churches, sometimes even next door, or across the street, or in the next subdivision, is pain and suffering and hardship. And as we sit in this contrast for a moment, I want to draw our attention to the center of this story. The center of this story is the child. He is mentioned by name only once in verse 27, and everywhere else he is referred to as the child. And Luke has been playing on this contrast throughout the entire birth story of Jesus. Contrasts such as the Savior of the world would be born in a stable, while another Savior of the world, that is Caesar, sits on a throne in Roman splendor. Jesus' parents bring the offering designated for the poor, two turtle doves. And yet it's the child 
born in poverty, who is the true Savior. The child is the sign of God's consolation and redemption. And so we are left in anticipation to watch as the child grows strong, filled with wisdom and blessed with the favor of God. Thank God we have arrived. The old covenant is past. The new covenant has begun. Thank God that the baby Jesus came to fulfill a holy mission. Thank God that the ongoing loving work of redemption is real. We need a savior and the savior has come. So was the waiting worth it? Yes. And there is so much more that God is redeeming even now. Let me close with two observations. Firstly, all generations are to praise that the Messiah has come. This passage tells us that Simeon took him in his arms. Now, in the original biblical language, this expression described what the priests did as they accepted the gifts offered by the faithful for use in temple sacrifices. And then it was the prophet Anna's turn. She praised God and spoke about the role the child would play in the redemption of us all. Simeon and Anna, because they were people of intense and ongoing prayer, always found themselves in the right place at the right time. And like them, each one of us is called to cooperate in the divine plan of salvation. Now this rather unremarkable day in the temple has much to teach us about worship. Please know, this interaction did not occur in the temple foyer, beautifully decorated for Christmas, while strains of Silent Night from a tuned worship team wafted in the air. Children were not quickly rushed to another room so that sanitized worship could take place for adults only, where there were three hymns sung, an offering taken, prayer given, and a 22-minute sermon preached. No, there was ongoing chatter from visiting friends, audible prayers of worship from other people. There were shrieks and cries from children, both happy and sad. Animal noises from those beasts and birds who would be part of the sacrificial system. There were calls out from sellers of those very animals. There were smells of burnt offerings and incense of unwashed bodies and the animals. This temple was a busy place for sure. And all of our churches today have worshipers of all ages and levels of discipleship. Oh, that the Simeons and Annas in our congregations would be able to take our children, both in age and in spiritual journey, and bless them before the Lord, to pray for them, to look out for them. The scriptures tell us that Simeon and Anna were in their 80s, and their ministry was just coming into its own. Far from being over the hill with nothing to offer, at 80 years of age, their impact for Jesus was just starting. And we as a church family have much to celebrate for the elders that we have and the wisdom they bring to us. May their vision and their faith, may their sensitivity to the Holy Spirit provide vital faith for us. We need you. You have an important role to play in the lives of our churches. So please pray for us. Walk in the Spirit and use your words for blessings and guidance. Secondly, I have observed that joy is to be found in the waiting. Is the waiting worth it? Oh, it will be. 
as we wait for the Messiah's second coming, the joy in knowing Jesus should be a witness to all who are watching. And now what? Christmas is here. The Christ child has arrived. Does that mean we simply go back now to how we were living before Advent? Safe on the inside as we look outside at a world still struggling, still moaning, still in pain and living in darkness? By all means, no. That same Holy Spirit who was with Simeon and prompted him to recognize the Christ child, that same Holy Spirit who spoke through Anna's prophecy is the same Holy Spirit that is with those of us who have received Christ as our Savior. So we can choose to continue to remain in our temples and do busy stuff, or we can live in the Spirit like Simeon and Anna and watch and pray and bless others as we wait for the Messiah's second coming. It is my hope that each of you will deepen that journey with the Spirit, that you would be so confident in His leading, you will reach out beyond yourself to embrace one of God's children, to bless them, to nurture them. And may the central theme of our Christmas always be the Christ child. Would you join with me in living a life of joy as we pray and watch for the second coming of our Messiah? Let's pray. God of glory, you came in flesh, born into human pain and into joy, and you gave us power to be your children. May we, like Anna, see your presence among us. May we, like Simeon, recognize Jesus as the Christ, so that all of creation and all of the peoples of the world sing new songs of gladness and walk in the way of peace. Amen.